Hello and welcome to Loud Thoughts. My name is Dia and today we are going to be tackling the topic of gender. So I have two lovely, lovely people with me today, uh, Segra Morez and Agro Alba. They are going to be discussing it with me today, gender that is, and our personal stories and just where we are today. I guess we should start with introductions. Like, obviously, I'm Dia. Um, I'm a non-binary Hispanic person, and this is my podcast, of course, and I have two of my friends here, so let's let them talk about themselves just for a little bit. Seg, would you like to go first? Just tell us a little bit about who you are, how long you've been in the community, things like that. Uh, okay, sure. So, as Dia said, my name is Segra Morris, but everybody calls me Seg for short because it's easier to say and spell. It is. Um, I am a trans, a transgender, non-binary, masculine-presenting person. Um, oh, I, I guess I'm also white. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. Yeah, sometimes Gosh, I forget the skill, the, the color of my skin too. It's okay. <laughs> I had to check. I was like, uh, yep, still white. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, how long have I been in the? Yeah. You know, actually, that's a terrible question, because then it'll t- remind me how much I've been in the fandom, and I don't need to feel <laughs> old this early today. <laughs> uh, since I was... Well, I guess I was a lurker back when I was 15, but didn't really in- get like involved in the community until I was 18. You hear that, kids? Wait till you're old enough to interact with adults. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> no minors. No minors. Oh. Um... It's better and, if you wait. <laughs> and now I'm 35, so I'm extremely old. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're recording this really because, you know, you're going to be pushing up Daisy soon anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Thanks, Dia. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, just, that's what I'm here for. Um, what do you do in the fandom? Um, well, mostly I just be a big gator. That's... I hear that pays well. I hear that pays well. It does. <laughs> but no, uh, more seriously, um, Agro and I o- or run or own and operate our own um, freelance art business. For those of you in the know, that means mostly commissions and uh, well, a few side projects here or there called Alligator Studios, for those of you who don't know. I love that, by the way. I don't know if I've ever told you, but Alligator, I love, I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> I don't even remember how we came up with it. I think it was just one of those things where like we were sitting down going, okay, so we're going to do this. What should the company be named? And then one of us said, well, why, why not something that sounds that alliterative, you know? All right. Well, Agro, kind of same question to you. Uh, how long you been in the fandom? Who are you? And what do you do in the fandom? Not that any of you shouldn't already know. Who is Agro Alba? Oh, yeah, that's what? true. Who? Is Agro Alba? <laughs> uh, when is Agro Alba? <laughs> uh, so yeah, my name is Agro Alba. I am an artist, uh, the illustrator of Alligator Studios, the artsy side. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, non-binary, uh, Caucasian. I've uh, been in the fandom. I know you've been in the fandom for a while because I remember enjoying your works when I was much younger. 
Okay, well, I suppose, let's see here. Uh, I'll start, I suppose, that way it kind of gives a little framework. Um, so like I said, we're going to be sharing our stories. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, I'm non-binary. Uh, I'm still really struggling and coming to terms with my gender, especially my physical representation, like how I choose to portray. Um, I did not know for the longest time that being non-binary was trans. I had no idea. Um, that was not information I had access to. I didn't even really think to look it up because to me it was like, well, even though I'm queer, I'm still not learned on everything. Like, so I had I thought trans was just you're transitioning to a different gender. I didn't know what non-binary was, and I didn't know that it was part of the trans community. So. That's something that I'm still wrapping my head around. <laughs> I will randomly say, well, I guess I'm technically trans. And it's not that I'm technically trans. I am trans. I need to get my head around that. And I feel like that's probably something other people struggle with, is like just knowing where they fall and not wanting to misappropriate someone else's struggle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, oh, oh yeah. sorry. No, no, go on, go on. Okay. Well, I mean... If we take the the def the literal um, textbook definition of what transgender is, it's it's basically um, you're not comfortable with the, the uh, gender that you were assigned at birth. Right. So essentially, if some if whoever looked at your your junk when you came out of the womb um, was like, oh look at this, you you're a boy or you're a girl. And then later on, you're like, mm, I don't think I I feel that way. I don't feel feel that that really suits me. That basically makes you transgender. Now, yeah. what that it means exactly for you and how you deal with it, that's completely up to you. And nobody's saying that just because you're transgender, it means you have to socially transition, medically transition, physically transition. It just means that you have a different outlook on your gender than the the one that you were assigned right so it's not in in that way uh, i feel that kind of takes away a lot of the stress of it because i feel like i feel you're right there are mm -hmm. a lot of people out there who misinterpret the identity of transgender as meaning that oh well shit now i have to go grow breasts and i have to you know plan this big surgery that's going to change my my genitals around no it has nothing to do with that. I mean, if you decide that that's right for you, cool. But if you don't, it it doesn't mean that you're not transgender, and it doesn't mean that you're any less valid than a transgender person who is going to go through all that. Just, you know, right. it's one of those things. 100%. 100%. There's no, there is no one way to be trans. Yeah. There's no one way mm -hmm. to explore your gender. Um and I, I suppose we should say the, the reason uh, this is a gender podcast in general, but the reason we're focusing so much more on the aspect of trans is because one, all three of us are in some way. Um, and two, the concept of exploring your gender does it for, for cisgendered people. So people who have, you know, they, they, whatever sex they were assigned at birth is what they identify as. There's kind of really, not that there's no need to have that con that conversation with themselves, because obviously I, I do believe people should always have a conversation just to make sure that, you know, they are who they are and f explore themselves, figure themselves out. 
But in this day and age, cisgender people do not typically have that conversation with themselves. It's just, it's not so much that they don't know to ask. Well, actually, no, I guess it's exactly that. They just don't even know that there's a conversation they could be having. So that's one of the reasons why we're more focusing on transness, because that is our whole exploration of our gender. It's like figuring out who we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, being, being cisgender is completely valid, and I would never tell a person that they they have to question their gender. So, Unless they're mean, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't. We shouldn't wield it like an, an that's intro. True. That's like true. That. Ah, you dirty cis. It's just like, no, this cisgender is just the opposite of transgender. It just means that you you were assigned male or female at birth, and you are totally comfortable with that. You don't feel the need to question it, whether or not you know to question it, and that's perfectly fine. In fact, I'm I'm super happy for you because right. you are missing you're missing out on a lot of a lot of shit. So, yeah, <laughs> self doubt oh, and and uh, identity crisis. Like, like, damn, what what is it to it's just look out. in a mirror and be like, oh yeah, this body's great. <laughs> Can't yeah, be me. Right. Don't know. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, I I got I got a little sidetracked there. I I I get sidetracked easily. Um. But you know I'm cute, so it's fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. I, well, so I, I was in the middle of like, I, I guess kind of just giving my story. Um, I did not. So like I was saying is I didn't really know who and what kind of flag I fell under for a while. Um, I I prefer they them pronouns now. And while I do consider myself non-binary, I do still very enjoy that kind of feminine energy that a lot like, you know, it's typically it's typically attributed to just, you know, females, whatever. But I really enjoy that femme energy in like I, I in the sense of like I wish maybe that my body was more androgynous, that I wasn't as masculine as I am. And that's the struggle that I've, I'm still doing, you know, I'm still working on to this day is trying to figure out that balance of like, what do I want in my body? Right. So. It's something that you are probably be dealing with for a very long time because I don't even know if there is a way to fix this or find a happy medium. It's kind of you know it is what it is, but it's a lot of it's a lot of work being some type of trans. You know what I mean? It's like literally oh, yeah. you deal with all this shit, right? You deal yep. with all this mm -hmm. questioning of who am I and how do I want to be? It's like well the this is not grade school there's the answers are not given to you <laughs> like you gotta work so you better you better work girl you better work <laughs> in the immortal words of britney spears <laughs> who actually who i'm sorry this is a little random someone from like i saw this on twitter someone from tiktok was like claiming that they were the britney spears their generation and i'm like bitch what you on tiktok britney spears <laughs> did it all like what like when you think of like the early 90s early 2000s like britney spears name is in your mouth you need to calm down tiktok ho it's britney bitch literally anyway <laughs> i'm sorry this this <laughs> this podcast is going to be a lot of just randomness just every episode keeping it casual well i suppose i've done enough talking for now you know even though it is my podcast but um <laughs> 
who I suppose I should let you plebeians have have the floor. I, I, I will allow this. I'll allow it. So I guess in that vein, kind of just like so give us kind of like a basic rundown because we can always just you know go into nuance later on. But like, what is like what pronouns do you like? Um, do you do you have a different physical representation than? than you would like? Are you questioning about transitioning? Things like that, I guess. Uh, if you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, yes. A real feel... dick move <laughs> came one of the podcasts. is like, mm, I'm not really willing to discuss that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking <laughs> that. Cool. I was like, well... On to a different topic now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I won't, I won't lie. It, it is a difficult thing to discuss because it's associated with a lot of uh, essentially what is lifelong pain i mean well okay for first um yeah so he slash they those are the pronouns that i prefer mm-hmm. uh, like i said before i am still masculine presenting for the most part um but i am seeking medical transition i'm gonna do or gonna go through a, a vaginoplasty um oh i guess i should mention that i'm i'm assigned male at birth so um oh i suppose yeah that is is something we should definitely mention i was assigned male at birth as well same yeah um i feel like there are some other things that i'm i'm gonna do which kind of goes hand in hand with my transition like certain uh weirdly enough tattoos that i want to get and um i'm getting hair removal treatments which are Mm -hmm. are part of having to go through the vaginoplasty because they don't want hair growing in places that it shouldn't later on but right also in other parts of my body because i've i felt like the hair that's been growing there just doesn't fit me um let's see here i guess as far as history is concerned i've basically n- known that something was up with me since i was like six years old and mm-hmm. the crappy thing about that is that if you don't know what's if you don't know, you don't know. So yeah. back then, I basically thought that there was something wrong with me, you know, as as early as six years old. But I had no idea what it was. So I I grew up thinking, oh, I'm I'm something other than human, and I just don't feel right all the time. I I'm uncomfortable. I don't know why. Um, and eventually, I kind of sort of sort of started to understand that it might have had something to do with my gender because um back when i was a little kid growing up like i was i was always like the skinny pretty pretty kids like i was a skinny pretty little boy and so people would say that i was a girl and so i would constantly or being misgendered like that i would constantly be like okay well that doesn't feel good especially since the society has the separation between, you know, boys and girls bathrooms mm-hmm. and boys and girls sports teams and boys and girls locker rooms. Right. And so I, I was forced, I was basically put into this position where I was forced to do or forced to choose one of those two things based on my genitals. But at the same time, um, it, or, or, but at the same time, the society was saying, well, obviously you're a girl because you look like one. So it was just uncomfortable all around. Um, I didn't 
really figure out what was going on with me until gosh like 32 right and um that happened because i mean as embarrassing as it is to admit i basically i have had no no real sex life to to speak of throughout my whole life and um the way that i have learned to describe it is that um let's say you know you're you like ice cream right do you yeah okay so imagine that sex is like a bowl of your favorite ice cream Mm -hmm. somebody hands it to you and you're like fuck yeah i'm gonna have this ice cream i can't wait but then the only tool that you have to eat that ice cream with is a knife and i don't know about you but if you've ever tried eating ice cream with a knife it is the most impossible yeah, it doesn't work well. Do. It you just could, does not work. You could I mean, probably get the job done, but it's <laughs> not going to be comfortable and it's not going to be enjoyable. Exactly. And if that's all you've ever had to work with, then, I mean, eventually you get good with eating ice cream with your hands and with your tongue. And, you know, keeping that analogy going, that's that's essentially where my sex life went. But because I've always had the knife when I've been trying to eat this this proverbial bowl of ice cream, I've never really had a fulfilling sex life. So when I was 32, like it was getting into crisis mode because I really wanted, I really wanted to have a sex life. I couldn't figure out why things weren't ever working. And then at suddenly I was just like, but what if it's because I've been using the knife this whole time and I need a spoon instead. And I mean, obviously that that isn't exactly what that thought was, but right. like I had one of those brain explosion moments where I was just like, "Oh my god, it maybe it's because I have the wrong set of genitals. Like maybe it, it's because I've I've wanted this this whole time, and everybody has been expecting me to want this other thing instead. Right. And so both the pressure of trying to meet that expectation and the the feeling of not having or having the knife versus ha- want needing the spoon has just been causing me a problem the whole time. Right. And so ever since then, it's basically just been trying to find out how that, how that has fit with me. And you know, that's a story that probably is very similar to a lot of people is uh, people who need, who don't feel comfortable in their bodies are not really going to feel comfortable having sex. So that's something that, I think quite a few people would identify with you on that is if like, again, like if you're not comfortable with your body and you, but you don't know why you're not comfortable, you're probably not going to be having quite a lot of intimate contact with people because you know, you're just not comfortable. Yeah, exactly. And Um, it's especially sucks because I mean, (laughs) I love the idea of having sex with people. I'm a, I feel like I'm a very sexually, open person and if i if i could i would and it's just never been one of those things where i i could so that's caused other problems that i I won't get into but you know understandable okay well i i did write some points down that i think we could definitely talk about later but i want to give agro the chance to share too and then once we've all kind of shared our stories we can kind of talk about the nuance a little bit more sure Agro? Me? Okay. Uh, so, well, I got to keep reminding myself that, like, there is no wrong answer. 
here. There is, there is like, not. I'm just giving my personal account of things. And that's that's actually something that's very big. There's no wrong answer to these questions that mm. we all have to ask ourselves because it's yeah. a lot of personal reflection and a lot of personal identity. So for everyone who's listening and to you, Agro, don't ever let someone tell you that your how you choose to be comfortable with your body and your gender is wrong. Because unless you're hurting people, in my opinion, like actually hurting people, you're out there with a knife stabbing people, I, I, there's no really wrong answer here. Who you are is who you are. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so let's see. Uh, I was assigned male at birth. Um, mm -hmm. Honestly, the story didn't really start to develop too much uh, until about 31, 32 years old. Uh, before that, I was I considered myself just a, a gay male, mm -hmm. uh, but I had always had uh, body image issues. Uh, and that was a mixture of uh, religious issues, um, but also, uh, you know, body. L right. Looking in the mirror, and, and I, I have never, ever liked what I've seen. And I ne was never really able to process why. I always assumed it was because I was a little doughy. And so, mm -hmm. you know. It was a I need to lose weight sort of thing, and that puts a lot of pressure. And yes, it does. Um, so I think okay. So I realized I had a a sort of feminine side to my myself, mm -hmm. and I wanted to play around with that to give it some form. And that's when I came up with the idea of uh, Swala, which was a, a really that's, busty, yeah, super female dinosaur? character. That, uh, no, and oh. it shit. It's been so long. I think it might have <laughs> been an Ibex or Paula or something like that. Thompson's gazelle. Right, your gazelle. Yeah. Okay. So I'm the idea that. there was that I I wanted to explore that feminine side. And that even went so far as to get breast forms. I got my first pair of breast forms. Um, and I remember mm -hmm. the first time I put them on, you get, I got this, I think it's, I believe it's called gender euphoria. It's, yes. I put it on and my, my heart was racing and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I, I really love this. This feels right. Good. Good. And so I kept, I kept going with that, and then it became this sort of, you know, do I feel like Swala today, or do I feel like aggro? And that really started to mess with me, because mm -hmm. I had separated this part of myself from myself. Right. And at some point, I had to realize that this is not something separate. This is something deeply intertwined. And that's when I came to the realization, more or less, that you know I'm, I'm non-binary. Seg explained, described the the whole brain explosion moment, that that core shattering instant when you have that realization or you ask that question to yourself and you're like, "Holy shit, nothing will ever be the same again." And for me, it was despite going through all this exploration with 
swallow and with breast forms, I never once considered the idea that I might be non-binary. Mm-hmm. I, it didn't occur to me. The question had never been asked. It had, I had never thought about it. And so one day, Seg and I used to live in Washington, and we went up to this uh, this board game pub, Mox's, uh, really badass place if you love board games. <laughs> and so we went up to the, the cash register, and they had a little um, a little basket full of pins. And it said, tell me your pronouns. I love um, that. It said he, him, they, them, she, her. And Seg reached in and grabbed uh, he, him, and turned to me and asked, here, you want one? And I just stood there for a second, and it just... To clarify, what I asked you was, uh, which one do you want? And I, I will never forget the look on your face when... You just options. got this far off, or like it was like the thousand yard stare, and I was like, "Oh no, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Did I just break my my husband?" So that was kind of the the moment the questions started to be asked, and there's been a lot of growth from that point. Yeah, uh, yeah and and that's that's where the journey started. Um, yeah, and it it keeps going to this day. Okay, I would I I loved that you did find something to help you express, and that you are asking these questions more. I love that. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, I mean, uh, I put breasts on my avatar, and I started going to the therapist, and I was mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm. I want to make sure I'm not off my rocker. You know, I would like to get breasts in real life. And so. Oh, no, the being I've off been... your rocker thing is separate. That's separate. Yeah, <laughs> that is still true. It's just not about this. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I am planning to get breast augmentation. Um, oh, okay. And then. Yeah, it's it's been a, a journey of. Letting myself explore certain areas that I've never really explored before. Right. And I think that's a great little segue because I had written down something about furry, the community allowing us for exploration of our genders without, without the actual like transitioning kind of the big to do that it can be right. Like purchasing a commission with a different gender is much cheaper than going through the process to look into seeing, you know, do I want to transition? No question. Yes. <laughs> so I th- actually, actually, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's gonna happen. Um, I I was going to say I think for all three of us, um, using our persona as a means to explore our gender was both very therapeutic and very just kind of like caught us off guard because like. Obviously, people do different wild things with their fursona, right? But it didn't—it did not occur to me for a while that I could—I could have a fursona of a different gender. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. And it wasn't inherently just for being sexual. Uh, for for just those listening here, my fursona—I'm a bunny, and I'm intersex. 
Um, so my bunny is, um, they do, they like myself, they prefer they, them pronouns, and their genitals are vagina, but they, they look maybe a slightly more masculine. Like, I don't want to say they're, you know, I, I don't want to use crude terms and slurs that a lot of people have popularized. Um, so I'm just going to say that is my bunny is intersex and it was kind of a very euphoric moment for me because I like myself, my, 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 um, like in my, in my in-person self is still struggling with that, but my persona being who they are really was very helpful in my, in my brain and in my time. And actually aggro did my ref sheet. Now that I think about it, you've done all, you've done both of my ref sheets for my two different characters. Many moons ago. Yeah. Still one of the best pieces of art I've ever, ever gotten. Aw, shucks. That's sweet of you. I mean, I came back for a second round. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Must have done something right. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I think we can talk about that for a little bit, is, like, the kind of outlet furry has allowed us, right? The... Mm-hmm. Being able to experiment without being beholden to—I I don't want to say consequences, but be—but beholden to a price consequence or a time consequence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it allows mental exploration. Right. Um, and your artwork has always been very explorative, I should say, in that vein. Like you've—you've—you've you've, you've done a lot of different genders for people. You've done—you've—you've you've covered a lot of. Um, different bodies. Mm-hmm. And that's all. It's actually one of the reasons why I've always liked your art. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, for me, uh, my my avatar is, you know, it's very personal. It is a representation of me. So, for any, any changes that I I make uh, to the way I present that. They're little, just little testing the waters. Um, and that's a process that's been going for years. Uh, uh, I, I tell, I've said that I almost chase my avatar in terms of representation than my avatar reflects me. Gotcha. I'm probably sure that's true for a lot of people. I mean, it, like I said, we go back to the point of it's easier to change our persona than it is to change our in-person bodies. So mm-hmm. I do fully understand and agree with that our personas probably, like especially for people who are exploring their gender and they're exploring their bodies, our personas get to a point where it's like, I want that. And that, mm-hmm. that is the goal. I think that's very beautiful. It, it helps us visualize and come to terms. And... I think it is it's good to have a goal. Though to be fair, obviously I will never be a bunny unless science <laughs> unless science can get me those ears, you know. I'm I'm I want those ears. Those'd be nice, but um uh but like it, it's the idea of it, right? Like mm-hmm. uh like if you if you put tattoos on your fursona and you eventually want to get them in person, that's that's a version of that that you know people can probably relate to. Yes. <laughs> I was actually just thinking about that. It was like, Seg has so many tattoos. And like all of your characters have had or have been very heavily tattooed for a long time. Uh, 
Well, I mean, first of all, I'll clarify that uh, my persona is a direct avatar as well. So yeah. I, I don't, I've never had um, characters. It's always just been me. And I've done things like sure, yeah. change, changed species once and uh, my body type changed. And obviously now my, um, or, you know, tattoos began to appear. And uh, obviously now my, um, my apparent gender has changed too. But it, the funny thing is, uh, well, at least I think it's funny, is that I, no matter what, no matter what permutations my avatar has gone through, there's basically only been one year in my entire, uh, I guess I will call it furry career, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to call Wait, it. You're getting uh, paid for this? Yeah, right. <laughs> I've been paid in experience, guys. <laughs> Um, only about one year where I didn't have a vagina, and I th- now that now that I know what I know now, or oh my god, let me try that again. <laughs> Knowing what I know now, I look back at that and I'm like, what the fuck? Why didn't I? I see that. Right. You know? Why wasn't I here sooner? Well, yeah. Why why didn't I realize that that was this was the reason why I've always had that, and um. Yeah, so I guess I had always been experimenting with it and, you know, thinking back and on things like role-playing with different people and the different commissions oh, that I've yeah. gotten throughout the years. And it's just like, I've always been very vulva-oriented, I guess I'll, I'll call it. And yeah. it's it's been super surprising to realize that now because I'm just like so clearly a part of me understood that something was up, but mm-hmm. not how to communicate that to my consciousness if that yes. makes sense actually it really does because that goes into kind of um a, a lot of people who are trans or i shouldn't say a lot but the uh, people who are trans can use sex kinks and fetishes to kind of try and draw a, a, a bridge between what they actually want like I've like you were saying, like role playing, even just through text, like gives you a lot of freedom to control a situation, to control your body, how you present, how you interact, and yes. I think we've all been in a situation, and when I say we all, I'm talking just the three of us, really, um, where the role play that we did when we were first maybe coming to the fandom, really exploring ourselves kind of opens up in today and you look back at things and you're like oh that's why i'm into that and yeah it it really is an eye-opening moment yeah definitely um yeah there's some good stories there let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) oh man well if i ever want to get this host on uh apple we can't talk about him no i'm just kidding (laughs) fuck fuck that like um But that's a whole other thing. But one thing I did want to acknowledge is because Seg touched on it a little bit. I think it's something that we definitely should talk about is knowing at a young age that something is wrong. Not necessarily what we know, you know, what we know, you know, knowing what is wrong, but just knowing something's not right. And I think that feeling is very it, it harkens to like an anxiety almost and it develops into something similar because even at a young age for myself I knew I didn't like girls in the sense of like 
how all the other little boys were like, oh, she's so pretty. I want to kiss her. I want to hold her hand. And I'm just like, I'm looking over at, you know, the girls are looking at and I'm just thinking, I wonder if she plays Soul Calibur. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I knew, I knew from a young age that of, of who I was attracted to, I suppose. But I had no concept of homosexuality until probably high school. Like, ever, like people would call me gay or, you know, whatever, but I had no idea what homosexuality was and being gay was until I got into high school. Yeah. And then I, I thought for, mm-hmm. for like a year I was maybe bi, but I was like, nah, that's not it. So I came out. And even though I came out, I really was still struggling with my body my role in the bedroom not that i was having much sex at that age i'm actually done but like um just like figuring out who i was and i always kept under coming to this like something's still not here because like even at a younger age even though i knew i was gay at that point i was like i had i I acknowledged that something was still off and i thought just for a long time it was it was me like i was just like oh maybe it's just me maybe i'm just bad Maybe I'm just not good enough. And when I realize that I am non-binary, because I do not, I do not like to be associated with a lot of the masculine stereotypes, like what it is to be a man in this day and age. I do mm-hmm. not want to that. That is not for me. I don't necessarily want to be a woman, but I do enjoy the female energy. Because even at a young age, I was always like, sexy to me even though i'm gay and i'm attracted more to um oh that's a whole other wheelbarrow i'm still dealing with but i always found that women were sexy right like the whole cover girl kind of vogue like these beautiful women just you know and i i wanted that and i didn't know i didn't know how to get that and i didn't know that i could have that but I, I wanted to be as beautiful and attractive as these gorgeous women you see on TV and movies. And it's something I still struggle with today. So I don't know where I'm going to end up, but, you know, I knew from a young age something was weird. Mm-hmm. And for for me, for, inst- for instance, I, uh, I, I didn't get a lot of inclinations when I was younger. Um, I remember having crushes on girls like in elementary school or middle school. Um, It wasn't really until high school for me that I even started to consider the fact that I might be into someone else, uh, which was actually one of the, one of the things that the fandom brought to me uh, was way back when uh, i would order fur planet magazines oh my god using money orders oh my god uh, fur planet oh man yeah, are we are we gray muscles yet yeah probably or is that like I, i'm finding gray probably. in my hair <laughs> like oh man but i i remember buying those magazines be, not really intending to be looking at all the mail on mail stuff but when I bought it, I was looking at it and I was like, oh, actually, no, in fir- at first I completely skipped over all of the mail on mail stuff in the, in the, co- in the magazine. 
Uh, yeah. Why? I, mean, I don't I don't know. It wasn't anything to look at back then. Back then, it was like what a Twinkie looking bunny and a slim kind of coyote banging. Eh, who, wants <laughs> who wants to see that basicness? <laughs> but eventually, I, I did kind of come to the realization that you know I was into guys. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> Very awkward, weird place to pause. Eventually, I did come to the realization. That <laughs> Hey, hey, you know, he, he was, re- or they were reading the, the comics for the articles, right? That's what everyone says. <laughs> they had, they had fun stories at the yeah. back too. For the, for the articles. I do it for the recipes, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, get the recipes because they're world-class. <laughs> sure, sure. But you were saying like you, this basically for planet and the material that they were producing was, um, allowing you to kind of explore and figure things out yeah it was real it was real eye-opening i mean i uh Mm. so i grew up in a christian family right right Uh, we weren't like super christians they weren't like super conservative christians it was like let's go to church like okay let's go to easter services all right let's go to christmas services okay and um but i i do agree with you agro that it's kind of when you're raised certain ways, you just you don't have experience with you have no exposure to certain things. Like my first exposure to homosexuality was through Will and Grace. I yeah. I had no other concept because my parents are straight. They don't they didn't have any gay friends. Like my my family never communicated to me that homo homosexuality was wrong or anything. Mm-hmm. But they never just they just never communicated homosexuality to me. Same. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely. I um. I'm fairly certain that uh, so about two years ago when we were in Washington, I went through a super dark time uh, where I I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that I was incredibly just depressed. Uh, I I would break down crying at strange moments or in weird places. And looking back, those that moment intersected a lot with the gender questions I was asking myself. I didn't realize that they were they were correlated, uh, but there can be there could be so much pain and and mental anguish that happens because of it without you even realizing it. Right. I, I, I agree. Like, I, I didn't have such a severe reaction to my pain, but I, I definitely did feel a weight lift when I realized that I'm non-binary. And actually, more yeah. recently, I, I felt a weight lift when I realized I can be non-binary and still want to exude a more feminine energy. Um, yes. Yeah, that that oh. was very therapeutic and very eye-opening. Um, one of my friends locally, they are trans. Uh, they are non-binary, but they, and I, I don't want to. I, I am jealous, but in a not in a negative way. I would like to point out of just their beauty. Oh my goodness, they are gorgeous. I adore them. They probably know who I'm talking about because I, I think they're going to listen. But they're absolutely stunning. 
And they confided in me that the kind of fake confidence that I was using to present myself, to explore myself, I was kind of faking until I make it, you know, that kind of thing, allowed them to explore themselves more. And that was so, it was such a powerful moment for me in the sense that, because I have never felt that I've ever reached a certain, like I would, I like I said previously, I really would love to feel as pretty, as sexy, as powerful as the women you see on TV, right? Like they got all the, like their makeup, their dress, whatever. I myself am a very masculine bodied person. So I've always consistently felt, even when I'm exploring that feminine energy of myself, that I'm not good enough. But hearing from someone who I considered to be such a beautiful feminine energy non-binary, um, hearing that from them that they got inspired by me, oh my goodness, the euphoria I had, and I'm still kind of writing a little, just was, it was a beautiful thing. And it, it was just, it was, it was a wonderful thing for me to hear. Agro actually helped me out with that, relating to your, your story. Um, mm -hmm. When I was first grappling with the uh, question of my transgenderness, um, the whole time I was thinking, well, I mean, how could I be a man if I, if I'm not comfortable having a package? You know, right. what? How could? But I want to be a man. Like, how do I parse this? And it was really something that was driving me, driving me nuts. In fact, like three years ago, when I was first grappling with this whole thing, I actually had a mental breakdown because I was I couldn't parse it properly in my mind. I was in the process of, of finding a therapist because um, it you basically have to, if you're going to medically transition, find a therapist, but also I, I just felt like I needed help. Um, but the whole, the whole thing made me break down and I, I like suppressed my transness for like an additional two years, which I'm kind of annoyed with, but you know, that shit happens. But uh, right when when it came back around and i was like okay i've got to turn and face the wind on this one because uh, it's not going away and it's something that i should deal with if it's true and uh i started seeing a therapist and uh i tr tried to convince them that i i was a man that just needed a vagina and that still didn't sound right to me and then finally i was like well okay how did agro deal with this because they had they had uh, come to the realization that they were non-binary you know, sometime before the, the, this, uh, when this event happened. And so I asked them, I was like, well, what is it that, what, what has being non-binary or labeling yourself non-binary done for you? And, um, it, Agro was just like, well, you, you know, it, uh, gives me the freedom to be who I am. And that was one of those moments where I was just like, oh, my God, that's exactly what I need for myself. And so I switched to calling myself non-binary and just with having a masculine presentation. And now, like, it's almost like all the doors in the house have been <laughs> open and finally air, fresh air is coming in. And I'm all like, oh, my God, now I don't have to worry about trying to be this man that I was never meant to be. It's now I'm, I can just be me. And I think that's really powerful, you know. 
It is. It's just, it is. The whole process is just finding yourself, regardless of mm-hmm. who you end up being. And you, you do need to be... So, one of the things that I've kind of come to grips was you need to be careful about labeling or, or seeing things as masculine and feminine because that, that can put blinders on you. Uh, one of the things I've struggled with was I have a, a little soul patch and a little goatee. And for years, I have wanted to shave it off. Why? Because in my mind, they were too masculine. And I didn't feel like I was a particularly masculine person. And it it took a while for me to accept that these things don't make me masculine. They are just a part of me. Yes. And, I mean, also, along the journey, you know, seeing you tweet about you know how pretty your nails are or your lipstick and you've got you've had a beard and i was I like this, still have a beard. i was like d is beautiful and and they Aww. they have a beard what's wrong with that you know and so eventually i came around to the idea that i, I by labeling things i was yeah shoehorning myself into corners you know and it's funny you mentioned that because i've been struggling with that a lot like my beard uh the the whole like uh, like facial hair in general and like hair in general actually i want to be very clear for everyone who might be listening your hair does not impact on your gender presentation in the sense of it can it, it, it you should allow it to stop you from pursuing your your preferred present presentation if if you like myself i would i want to pursue a more feminine type of energy but i like my beard because i don't like how i look without my beard and coming to terms with that was difficult it's like well this beard is very masculine and it's like well no the beard my beard is not masculine it's just hair so mm-hmm. there are these hang-ups that and I, and I completely understand, though, if someone would like to not have that hair, you know, there. I completely understand physical presentation is very important and very comforting. But I want I want to encourage people to to not get so hung up on things like that because it has caused me anguish. It has caused me Absolutely. it has caused me pain. And coming to the terms that my facial hair does not prevent me from being more feminine, from wearing lingerie or wearing lipstick or painting my nails, it doesn't prevent me. Yeah. The only thing preventing me is me. Yes. Preach. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that because I feel like a lot of a lot of the um obstacles to uh, a lot of the obstacles that I've encountered to finding at least myself. And I I have talked to a bunch of other trans people who have non-binary presentations as well. Um, Every, all of us have basically encountered the fact that the obstacles we uh, butt up against are usually self-imposed. Right. I mean, that type of self-anguish. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that as, as my therapist has always pointed out. Like everybody blooms at their own rate, and it doesn't matter what how old you are when you 
when you come to these milestones in your your journey or your lifetime or when you start something when you stop something etc it's all meant to be exactly when it happens right and that's very important especially for people our age because we have almost been done a disservice by the world i i've when i first came out as gay i was maybe 16 or 15 something like that when you come out like as gay as transgender as what have you you really it almost feels like you have not started living your life until that moment and that is something that i'll be honest that is something i hold a grudge about when it comes to cisgender heteronormative people not so much that i let it get in the way of like making relationships with these people but it's something that they'll never understand our life doesn't start until we know who we are right so when now that we're exploring our gender in our 30s and you know in that type of age it almost does can it can feel kind of defeating that are we too old for this you are not you are not too old to live your truth don't feel that way don't allow yourself to succumb to those types of pitfalls because the truth of the matter is there is no age limit on this there's no age limit on coming to terms with who you are and living your truth now of course if you want to medically transition please consult your physicians consult your doctors make sure your health is okay things like that but don't feel that you are gatekept by your age and that's one of the things that uh so Seg and i have talked a few times about this especially early on when you stop and think about it that representation is really important that representation that we are seeing in the media or out there in the world has started to be a thing in the last you know five to ten years and so you know the age we are that's when we're like oh you know what maybe maybe i'm trans but if you think about the younger generation they I'm hearing a lot about people who are much younger figuring it out earlier. Why? Yes. I mean, probably because the representation is there. Exactly. I mean, imagine 100%. imagine if we were born 20, 30 years earlier. You know, we could be in our 60s, and not that there's anything wrong with that, when we're like, oh my goodness, this is what's been going on this whole time. Yes. I just never knew. And that is a, that's a thing happening now. There are people in, in their older years only just now having these conversations with themselves because again that like you're saying representation matters if if you see a if you see a rise in people like you know coming out as trans and stuff and you're worried that we're infecting people then no that's not the case we're freeing people because you've like even if someone in their 60s and 70s who they've been married for 30 some years or whatever to a woman and you know they're a man or vice versa if they've been married to a man they've always been trans they have always been trans they just did not know that they didn't know who they were it's like living in a fog but you don't you can't see the fog for what it is and it's it's a very stressful moment especially for people in those situations who are older they've had these kind of almost lifelong partnerships with people of you know maybe the gender they want to be or something and it can be very stressful. And again, there's no age limit to this. There's no age limit. And on that note, 
um, it, it is, I th it is um, important, I think, to point out that one of the reasons why it's become, so I've, I've definitely noticed that uh, one of the big pushbacks from lots of different sources, I can't just say that it's uh, from cisgender people who have, you know, maybe a religious agenda or um, uh, therapists who don't understand quite what's going on, but um, right, yeah. The, the one of the big reasons why uh, all the the attention to transgender people seems to be such a recent phenomenon actually has to do with uh, how the classification for transgender people has changed Correct. just recently. Correct. Because back in the day, when um, most of it was being handled by um, the Harry Benjamin diagnostic scale. I don't, yes. I don't know if anybody knows what the heck that is, but yes. Um, it, the, uh, the uh, American or the association. Oh my God. What is it called? I think it's called like the uh, psychological association. Uh, something the, like that. The big, the big overarching um, group of psychologists who deal with, categorizing psychological disorders and all that nice stuff. They used to call being transgender, um, being diagnosed with gender identity disorder. It used to be considered an actual uh, psychological disorder. And that changed um, in 2013. And now it's called gender dysphoria, which is something completely different. It's almost exactly like when um, they used to have being a homosexual on their big lists of disorders, and then that yes. changed. One hundred, like, ex almost exactly the same thing. Almost exactly the same thing, because they realized that there was no, there disorder. they could not find any any kind of unifying, um, any unifying trauma or things. Yeah, like that. exactly. There's nothing linked to it. It just is or it isn't. And now, of course, there are definitely a lot of theories out there about where some forms of um, gender dysphoria come from. Like right. there are. There might be some physiological reasons. There might be some psychological reasons, but nobody's able been able to pin it down before. And so they they were finally just like, okay, well, we're gatekeeping people for no reason. We have this really strict scale that only allows you know a binary transition, and you it has to be from fully male to fully female, and you got to go through hoops. you got to through these hoops after Blaming hoops to hoops. get to it. And now it's much more open. And so it's not that it's not that it's becoming politicized. It's not that toxic masculinity is forcing women to think that they need to transition, which is a thing that I've heard recently. Man, can we just like toxic masculinity has caused a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's ever caused oh my, a oh full cisgender woman to be like, you know what? I'm going to be a dude now. That's that's not a thing, conservatives and Republicans. That's not a thing. It's just it's so confusing. All of that gatekeeping language, all that gatekeeping and transphobic language, completely ignores the fact that being being a, a transgender person is extraordinarily stressful. I mean, I, I and yeah. there isn't a single transgender person out there who isn't going to tell you that at some level it affects their lives in a negative way or used to affect their life in a, uh, a negative way. Why would we choose to do this? 
Like mm-hmm. just like being being a homosexual in a right. a largely heterosexual or heteronormative society. Why would we fucking choose to do this? It's wait, not fun. Wait, so you, you did not choose to live with anxiety and fear for like you know the majority of your life. You didn't choose that, yeah, right? Oh, exactly. Oh, I. Well, okay. Well, you know. And now I, I get how there are some people out there who are just like, "Well, I live with my trauma all the time, and it doesn't bother me." That's fine, but most people <laughs> oh, don't man. like doing that. In fact, yeah. I can guarantee you that most people would just like to live a normal, or well. I don't like that word. Let me, let me yeah. try that again. Let's say um, a healthy life. Let's say a healthy a, life. A healthy, comfortable life. Yeah. And that's hard to do when you're transgender because and you're constantly you're... stressed. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And see, that's the thing is, like, there's like we go through stress, and a lot of us don't know where the stress is coming from. Absolutely. Like, a lot of us don't understand why we're so stressed, and that's the big problem: is you have these all these negative feelings and. You know, when when you know where a negative feeling is coming from, like, for example, I'm sad because my cat died. Well, okay, I know what's causing that, right? I know where my grief is coming from. When you, as you just wake up in your damn morning and you're just like, hmm, I feel like shit today. Why? Don't know. We're going to just deal with this. That's, that's, that's terrifying because y- you can be having such a good day and then all of a sudden you'll look in a mirror and your dysphoria, which you may not be, you may not know about, but your dysphoria, you see yourself. And then all of a sudden, it's just like your brain's like, yeah, something's wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but you're going to feel it. And yep. that's that's debilitating. And it just makes all other forms of depression and anxiety worse. Just having this weight on you of I don't know what's going on. And it can be. Sorry, go ahead. Are you in? Go ahead. Um, yeah, that's it's. You mentioned like uh, the mirror. The mirror was a huge trigger for me uh, before mm-hmm. I I knew what was going on. And it's interesting because now that I have a a better understanding of what is going on, I can see patterns. Um, yes. There there have been times where I've been maybe working out in the living room, and my for instance my my breast forms will like maybe they'll kind of peel off a little bit or they'll wrinkle or they'll get itchy and the realization because up until that point i just been like yeah i'm just going about my day no big deal when something like that draws attention to it and then i'm like oh yeah these things that i stick on stick on my chest are not you know really a part of me it'll destroy it has destroyed the rest of my day with that realization clicking in uh also, you know, things like not not really being able to be naked even with just yourself. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a journey. It's a journey of pain and struggle. But for those for those moments, and hopefully for more moments in the future, when you are in the midst of your euphoria for your gender, it it, it is worth it. I I know we've we've talked about our pain and after we talked about our struggle. But I want to. I want to be very clear that working toward, you know, some end goal or some part where it's like, you know, I'm comfortable with myself. I consider that to be a worthwhile endeavor. Absolutely. The day that I can be comfortable and I can I can fully embrace my body and my gender. That is a day that will make all this pain and suffering worth it. 
And I, I don't want people to be afraid. I, I don't want people to think that, oh, well, they're talking about all their struggles and pain. And may, it's not worth for me to go through that. You are worth it. Because, like, let's let's understand what we're talking about. You, the you that is comfortable with yourself, that loves yourself, and that is happy in your skin, that you, even if it's not how you feel right now, you will one day. And that you, that you is worth the struggle and the time because you are worth that and to yourself and to others. But more importantly, to yourself. Understand I, that. I, I think it's incredibly important to to not super focus on how difficult it is because it, while it can be difficult this has been one of the most rewarding times in my life because i feel for the first time i'm actually looking at who i am um learning about myself and as painful as it can be sometimes it is an incredibly rewarding mentally it's just such an incredibly rewarding process to to right. watch myself grow to be more comfortable in who i am and to even know who i am right there's a yes. reason it's called gender euphoria <laughs> yeah. okay um, so uh, yeah i mean i like these like these other two have said like we've spent a lot of time talking about the negative of being transgender but you know just to be clear like i have never truly lived until i've started to figure this out yes and i can't for somebody who doesn't understand what that's like i mean just imagine imagine you waking up one day and you're not yeah you everything seems everything seems brighter everything seems happier everything just makes sense for once you know, you're you're sitting there and you're enjoying you're you're eating your dinner and you're just like, oh my god, I'm really enjoying every bite of this dinner. Or you're watching a, a film that you've watched a million times and you're just like, oh my god, this is the best movie in the world. <laughs> or you're you're fucking walking around your neighborhood um that you've done every night for the past like four years, but you've never really seen it in the same way that you're you're seeing it right now. And that's what it feels like when you start really connecting with you and I would never trade that. I would never trade that away just to have prevented the pain that I've had to go through to, to quote, to quote Carl Sagan better by far to embrace the hard truth than a reassuring fable. I think this is a good stopping point. Uh, we've been recording for a bit now, but I, I've loved the conversation. I've loved having you two on. I would love to have you two on again in the future. Yeah. Um, maybe not so yeah. much, you know, whatever topic we choose, but I would love for the two of you to go ahead and just, if you feel comfortable plugging yourselves. Okay. Well, um, like I said before, our, uh, our company, freelance art company slash commission slash whatever, um, you can find all of our stuff on alligatorstudios.com. Uh, it's pretty easy to remember that. Uh, if you want to look us up on Twitter, it's at Alligator Studio, and I wish we could put the S at the end, but unfortunately, Alligator Studio is too many characters for Twitter to handle. 
and those links will be in the description of this podcast um they'll just though they will be there so feel free to click on them i have commissioned them both um for a few different things now always a lovely people to work with lovely product that you get back please please do consider commissioning them thank you so much thank you you're very welcome and thank you both for coming on really appreciate it um I, I do believe this is a very great conversation. And honestly, I feel lighter from the conversation. Mm-hmm. This has yeah. been a very good day. And I hope that positivity not only is shared by the two of you, but is something that we can share and hopefully comes across in the in the episode. And I'm really hoping that there's no issues with this episode and that I'm not going <laughs> to lose my file or something. But... I just want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank the two of you for joining. Really Quick shout out to the joys of therapy. Yes, therapy. Yeah. Please Seriously. consider therapy. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having thank us. It's been, it's been really enjoyable to just sit down and have the conversation. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much again for tuning in to Loud Thoughts. My name's Dia, and I'm going to take a moment here to plug some resources uh, for not only Black Lives Matter, but some trans rights organizations to donate to, to research, to share your time with, things like that. Because I think it's very important that, and especially in this day and age, that we continue to fight. Um, there has been a rise in anti-trans legislation across the country. And of course, the Black Lives Matter movement has not slowed down, and it should not slow down um, because of you know the tragedies that have been unfolding just this past week or two alone. It's, um, it is definitely something that I wanted to take the time in the moment to provide resources to there's going to be some links in the description of the podcast to you know help you find you know a starting ground because you should you should do your own research to find the exact kind of flavor of the cause that you wanted to donate to for example trans rights well if you'd prefer to really focus on black trans lives that's something you know we definitely support and understand the two resources i'm going to be linking one for trans rights and one for black lives matter are really just uh, kind of a stepping stone uh, for you to look into, do your own research. Um, if you can donate, please donate. If you can't donate, that's understandable and it's fine. Just, you know, share the word. Um, tell your friends, share it on Twitter. These causes and other causes that I haven't, you know, I'm not talking about right now, they are important. These are important fights that we need to keep fighting, especially, you know, trans legislation that is right now in you know across the country please call your government officials let them know that this is not acceptable it's not humane and it's not kind um for black lives matter movements please be safe out there everyone if you are protesting uh there are plenty of guides these days for how to protest safely please research them please 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 be safe um as as safe as you can especially but i just wanted to you know i wanted to talk about that for a little bit And hopefully we will have more episodes on these topics in the future because they need to be spoken about. Uh, Thank you again for listening. Thank you so much for your time. And I just really appreciate it. Please follow the links in the description and just try and be kinder to each other. Thank you so much.